Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining. This is the October Book Club. We do this every month. Uh, we've been doing, I think this is our fifth year, starting in 2022, Greg Parsons is going to take over the book club. I'll still be very involved, but we're going to start working on uh, the, the, the book titles that we'll be rereading for next year. So this month was Think and Grow Rich. And I see some, I see Jennifer, I see Liz. Hi, Liz. I see 561. I don't know who that is, but um, welcome. Gary Brightus, how are you? Gary, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Did you, have you read the book? I actually did read it uh, a while ago. Yeah, right. It's a, uh, I, I think it should be, except for the fact that it's kind of old school. Uh, I think everyone, every high school student or college student should read this book. So anyway, let me, I'm going to start with some of the my favorite quotes and my favorite takeaways from the book. And what we love to do is if you have any input, if you've read the book and you have favorite parts, jump in. If you want to comment on the book or if you haven't even read the book, that's okay too. Uh, but I, for those of you that didn't see, this is my copy. It was my dad's copy. It's all torn up <laughs> and it's yellow pages. So it's definitely a mainstay in my library. But um, so, so here are a couple quotes that are my favorite. Most of us go through life as failures because we are waiting for the quote, time to be right, quote, to start something worthwhile. Do not wait. The time will never be, quote, just right, unquote. I am sure many of us in our lives, you know, one of the things that I want to do are open meditation studios. I have a passion for this. I want to do this. Josie's like, are we doing it? Is this the year we're going to do it? And I always say, now is not the time. It's not right. And, you know, I read that quote and I was like, I, sh I need to just pull the trigger and start doing it, right? Because it's never the time will never be just right. But we, we just need to move forward, plan, do planning. Gary, Gary, who's on the call, did a phenomenal event many years ago uh, with bus tours that we went and looked at shopping centers. And there was a lot of planning that went in. And I'm sure there were many times Gary, when you were like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do it? Should I not do it? And, sure. and, and how great that you did it and how it, it was so wonderful and impacted so many people. A lot of work though, right? Like it's like the book yep. club. It's a lot of work. And then you question, yep. is it worth it, right? Absolutely. Well, so you know, we, I, uh, I, it was worth it in some respects and others not necessarily, but it did prompt me to do a bunch of other things and it'll be rein reincarnated shortly. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad I'm great. I'm glad to hear that. So, so I think the message that he has in the book is don't overanalyze. You know, pull the trigger. What's what's the worst thing that could happen? It you know, it do doesn't work out. I started a restaurant quasi restaurant company with uh, someone that Gary and I both know and have worked with a few years ago and it didn't work out, but that's okay. You know, I'm glad I did it. I learned a lot and it, I'd rather have tried it and have it failed that not have tried it 
at all and always wonder, should I have done it? Like, you know, so, and I think frankly, it was an idea before it's time, which is uh, the story of my life. So um, here's another a paragraph that I love. This is a little bit longer. And this goes along what, what Josie was saying about kind of the secret. And, you know, there's a lot of people that make fun of the secret. Basically, this, the, most of this book talks about mindset and how the, you know, garbage in, garbage out or positivity in, positivity out and how, how everything in your life is impacted by your self-talk. And that it's, re it's really real. It's really real, the self-talk. Um, so here is a paragraph. Fix in your mind the exact amount of money you desire. It is not sufficiently merely to say, I want plenty of money. Be definite as to the amount. There is a psychological reason for definite, definiteness, which is described in a subsequent chapter. Determine exactly what in, you intend to give in return for the money you desire. There is no such reality as something for nothing. So I don't think the secret talks about that and he does. So I want this amount of money. This is what I'm gonna do to get that money, right? Establish a definite date when you intend to possess the money you desire. Create a definite plan for carrying out your desire and begin at once. Whether you are, here he goes again, whether you're ready or not to put this plan into action. Write out a clear, concise statement of the amount of money you intend to acquire. Name the time limit for its acquisition. State what you intend to give in return and describe clearly the plan through which you intend to accumulate it. Read your written statement aloud twice daily, once before retiring and once after rising as you read, see, and feel, and believe yourself already in possession of the money. So Damon John, who's the guy on Shark Tank, and Grant Cardone, who has 30,000 apartment units in Florida, Texas, North Carolina, they, they say often on their social media channels that they look at their goals, which is what this is really, uh, morning and evening morning and evening, morning and evening, you know, so not just annually, not just biannually, but that morning and evening, they're looking at their goals written. They write them down every morning and every evening. So, um, so I, I'm a big goal setter and I have a number, I have a money number in, that isn't always in my goals, but it's very interesting. I have never put the date, the, the number is so high that I've never put the date on the number. So I'm going to do that. And I haven't really put how I'm going to get to that crazy number. I think it's the meditation studios, but I, I haven't put how I'm going to get there. But maybe after today, I'm going to put the date. I'm going to put the meditation studios and Josie, we're just going to start doing it because I know you would love to do that. So what do you guys think about? Uh, so this is really goal setting at its finest but he talks so much about mindset. And, 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 and again, I, I'm a big goal setter, but I don't do it every morning and every evening. I just don't. And, and even though people that have achieved way more than me do it. So I don't know why I haven't done it because you know we should follow suit. Yeah, Liz. 
So um, my husband, we haven't met before. I'm Liz Bapasola. My husband and I are commercial real estate investors. So he has a full-time job and we're in the process of buying our second commercial shopping center. So, but my husband and I have our uh, 2021 goals written out and they're printed in the office and also on our refrigerator. So you're in the kitchen all the time. And so we have our 2021 goals and we have our five-year vision. Uh, on there. And then I'm really into mindset and habits. I also, I also do life coaching on the side as like another side business. And I have a morning ritual where I do like mindset habit over morning coffee. And then I do a, a, a habit at, like as I'm unwinding at the end of the bed, just to like work on my mindset. And I'm always reading books like this, but um, I don't have my real estate vision goals. Like I don't incorporate the morning ritual and the evening ritual with what Napoleon Hill is talking about. So that's definitely something that I'm going to add to what you are saying. Congratulations on your first deal and almost your second. That's very Thanks. exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We, uh, so we, I own six shopping centers and I just lost out on a seventh. I'm bummed, but I'm not giving up. I have five more I'm going after. So we'll see. We'll see. But we, I should also put the dates of when I'm going to own those as well. Um, he says, here's just a few more quotes that I love. Success comes to those who become success conscious. So instead of self-conscious, success conscience. I love that. Faith is the only known antidote for failure. So every time you think, well, I don't think I can do that, you got to shake that out and say, faith, I have faith that I'm going to achieve that, right? Um, he talks a lot about the mastermind group. And so I lead a bunch of mastermind groups, but I, and I am a part of one social media mastermind group. And I have, so he, this is real. So I've always struggled with being part of a mastermind group with people that have done more than me because either I have to pay a lot of money to be part of those, or maybe I'm intimidated to go up to them and say, Hey, can I, you know, would you like to be in a mastermind group with me when they've achieved so much more than me? It's easier for me to call people and go, let's do a mastermind group. And we're at the same level. So what I loved the story that in this book where he has, I don't even know what the word is, like it's a phantom mastermind group that he has, I think he said every night that it's, it was Albert Einstein and like for me, you know, it could be Warren Buffett and it could be um, Jeff Bezos and he has this, this fictional phantom mastermind group and he visualizes them walking in the room and arriving and what they talk about and what advice they give him and I'm I was walking last week listening to this thinking oh that that's I could do that right I could create my own fictional mastermind group with Warren Buffett and you know whoever I want in it and he said at one point he, and he never told anyone about it. He said many, many ideas came from it that he, that he executed on, which he said, I know this sounds like in the book, he says, I know this sounds so silly, 
because I never told anyone about it because they thought I would be crazy. And then he said, at one point, he said, I'm going to stop doing it because this is silly. And he stopped doing it. And then he felt the need to do it, to bring it back up again. And when he did, he said it was, he got the biggest idea again from the fictional character, which was like, you know, Lincoln, like he had the, he had the most, Henry Ford, he had the people of his time that were the icons in his mastermind group. And the idea, and I think one of the biggest ideas that made him the most money came out of this fictional mastermind group. I mean, what do you, I, what do you guys think about that? Does that sound crazy or how, or does it sound amazing? Gary, what do you think? I'm sorry, Beth, tell me, ask me the question again. Did you hear my description that he had a fictional mastermind group with people that he didn't know, but he had pretended like Henry Ford and Albert Einstein and I think and he that's did a fabulous idea. Fabulous. Well, listen, I, I think I think we all have to get our creative juices flowing and you know it all you know, I think the bottom line is everything starts in our head. And uh, you know, if you can imagine and put yourself in some other people's shoes and really create these visions because it's all it's all we've got i mean it's uh nobody sets out a plan for any of us it's it's all in our own mind and our own actions and everything starts in the head well th so and I, this I think is it's a, a great idea yeah so i think i'm gonna i might be i might try that i'll let you guys know how how it works he says mind control is the result of self-discipline and habit mind control it's a result of self-discipline and habit. You either control your mind or it controls you. There is no hallway, I don't know if you meant hallway or halfway compromise. Is that hallway or halfway? But you either control your mind or your, or your mind controls you. And exactly what Gary just said, it's, and this is really the majority of the book is the mindset and surrounding yourself. He did have a real mastermind group, actually, I think with Henry Ford, but his, his phantom mastermind group was with people that I don't think were living anymore. Like it, he then, when he, when he took the break from the fictional mastermind group, and then he did it like, I don't know, three months later, he said, I added all the, he goes, I added Jesus. <laughs> he like added people from hundreds of years, like a Pharaoh, uh, but you know, like talk about, Exactly, getting your creative juices growing. Um, he said, one thing you must put aside, this is what I need to teach my kids. One thing you must put aside in order to fulfill your destiny is conformity. We are all so concerned with conformity. Most of us, the ones that achieve the most are the people who step out, right? Not the people that are conforming. So that, that is uh, something we should all think about. Hi, Nancy, how are you today? Jennifer, did you read the book? I did not. I kind of cheated and did the Blinkist version because um, I'm reading two other books and I just couldn't handle a third. So I did the Blinkist version, but I, I strongly believe in mindset and 
what you said about controlling your mind or it controls you. I, I firmly agree with that. And, you know, so it, in doing that, you're not being Pollyanna, you know, because then people are like, oh, you're so Pollyanna. Well, no, I'm not. It's just if you have a choice between being positive and negative, why would you choose to be negative? I, I have I have been called Pollyanna more times in my life than I can tell you. Right. You're always thinking the glass half full. Why would you want to think the glass is half empty? Why would you why would you even want to put that in your brain? So yeah. And the way and uh, the way that I look at that saying is the glass is always full because whether you look at it as half full or half empty, it always has water in it, right? So empty means there's nothing in there. Exactly. And that goes back to using the right words, right? language right. he says um it pays to know how to purchase knowledge which uh how much how more beneficial or how what's the word we are more lucky than him because at the time for him to purchase knowledge was very 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 difficult compared to us in the in 2021 where there are umpteen podcasts, umpteen Google pages, anything we want to learn are is literally at a push of a button where that was not the case in whenever this was written, nine, I think in 1942 or something. So um, the, at the, the end of, I'm bouncing all around, at the end of the book, they're literally in the last chapter, I posted it on, on Instagram today, there are they, he calls them alibis. What do we call them? Excuses, right? If I didn't, if I had money, if I had a better job, if I, this is the one I hear all the time when people go, well, how, how do you do social media? I don't have, if only I had the time. Well, so do I have more time than you? No, we all have the same 24 hours. We have the same 24 hours that Steve Jobs had, that Oprah Winfrey has, had that, has that, you know, Obama had that, you know, you name it that Jeff Bezos had, we all have the same 24 hours. Someone, um, I just posted something on, on, on Instagram that this guy said, if you have, you know, it was like, do you have time to watch an hour of Netflix a day, but you don't have time to read five pages in a book? It was a phenomenal graphic. If you guys follow me on Instagram, it was a phenomenal graphic. But there were literally three pages of what he called typical alibis, which I call excuses, that if only I could save money, if only my boss appreciated me, if only I lived in a big city, if only I could get started, if only I had the personality of other people. So, you know, and, and he says, forget all of this, building alibis with which to explain away failure is a national pastime, not baseball, but building alibis. And, and I think building alibis is such a nice way of putting out excuses. The habit is as old as the human race and is fatal to success. Absolutely fatal to success. If you say, well, I couldn't do that because like if I say, well, I haven't started the meditation studios because I don't have the funds or I don't have the time, right? 
that all that is is it's it's an obstacle to reaching success, which I know I'll get once I do it. Um, why do people cling to their pet alibis? The answer is obvious. They defend their alibis because they create them. A man's alibi is the child of his own imagination. So it's human nature to defend one's own brainchild. He said, it has always been, been a mystery to me why people spend so much time deliberately fooling themselves by creating alibis to cover their weaknesses. If used differently, the same time would be sufficient to cure the weakness and then no alibis would need would be needed. Love that. Because I, you know, I hear I coach a lot of people, Liz, like you, and everyone always has an alibi of why they're not reaching success, right? Mostly time. I that's my number one. The number one alibi I hear all the time is I don't have the time to do that. So then I make them do the exercise of torture which is every 15 minutes, what you do like in a week. And then we find all kinds of hours. It's, it's just completely enlightening. What did you, uh, Jen, out of the Blinkist, what was one of your takeaways that be, other than what you mentioned already? So to your point, I think also the, the alibis of, you know, if, um, if only or I don't have enough of is also the what ifs. I think what ifs is a close cousin related alibi. And I think at the end, it all comes down to fear, right? So we make alibis because we're afraid of the big idea or afraid of the failure that could come or afraid of leaving our comfort zone or trying something new. Um, so that's something that I always focus on the minute I come up with a, what if I'm like, okay, what fear is that trying to, you know, to make an excuse for there's a fear in there somewhere. What is, what is it of? And, so, don't, um, and don't, and don't you find out that don't you find that when you're afraid of something, that's the thing you should be doing. Exactly. Exactly. And so what I did is after missing out on several deals because my first deals that I wanted to do, I was like, I was gung-ho, I would get everything, I'd get to inspections and then I would always back out for some reason, always before losing money or something, I would always back out. And it's always the time's not right. What if I don't get the property rented? It was all these what ifs. So after I lost my second, and then I'm kicking myself. I mean, to this day, I'm still like, I can't believe I let that property go. I think you and I've had this conversation before. You, yours is that property in Doral, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so then what I did is I identified what the fear was. And the fear, by the way, was totally irrational. I mean, the fear was if I buy this house and it doesn't rent, we're going to be living under a bridge, right? Which wasn't even reality, but that's where my mind went. So what I did is I called somebody who has a ton of money and I just asked him, you know, if I'm going to ask you a question, your answer has to be yes. Is that okay? And I know him really well. And he said, yes. Uh, he goes, well, what's the question? And I said, no, no, your answer has to be yes. And he goes, well, what's the question? I said, I'm not going to ask you the question. I just need to know that you trust me enough that whatever I ask you, it's not going to be criminal. It's not going to be something you can't do or whatever. And he thought about it for maybe a nanosecond. And he said, yes. And I said, thank you very much. And I hung up the phone and I did my first deal. 
And he's like, wait, you never told me what the question was. And so I waited until the deal closed and I told him, he thought it was the most hilarious thing in the world. He's like, you're so ridiculous. And I'm like, I know, but you saved me because you helped me get beyond that fear. And it was all, you know, I was in that negative, what if mindset to get the deal done. And I, for myself, for other people, I could do it all day. I know I'm good at it. I know I can do it. But for me, it's like, what if you're being irresponsible, your family, you're going to live under a bridge. I mean, ridiculous. But so it was breaking that mindset and, and, and finding somebody who could help me just by answering the fear that I had that we were going to be living under a bridge. This guy could easily have given me the money to do the deal, um, to pay for it if it didn't rent, et cetera. And so anyway, so that was what I kind of got out of the the blinkest too was they focused a lot on mindset and that things don't just happen for a reason they happen because you make them happen and you have to continuously I don't know adjust the gears of your brain to make what you want to happen happen absolutely how many deals have you bought since then um three and out of those I've sold two so now I bought my fourth once so I've bought four and I'm, I'm looking for more because since then I've sold two of them. So you need to be on, you need to speak in April in our real estate investment summit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'd love to. Thank you. Okay, yeah, I'd love to. All right. You're our first speaker. So here is, uh, this is a, a chapter on persistence. Lack of persistence is one of the major causes of failure. This is so true. This is so true. Uh, so I, of the six shopping centers I own, two have come from me calling and calling and calling and calling and calling the sellers till they one day said, okay. <laughs> and then I ended up, they didn't go to market. They only bought from me. And then people were like, oh my gosh, how did you get that deal? We've been calling that guy for a month. And I'm like, well, try three years or four years. <laughs> <laughs> so lack of persistence is one of the major causes of failure. Moreover, experience with thousands of people have proved that lack of persistence is a weakness common to the majority of men. The, the book talking about men only is, you know, they like his great granddaughter needs to rewrite this book and with a little different of a slant, ladies. It is a weakness which may be overcome by effort. The ease with which the lack of persistence may be conquered will depend entirely upon the intensity of one's desire which is so true because sometimes I start calling on a property I want to buy and I don't really love the property. So I'll drop it. And then I'll, you know, or like the one Jennifer mentioned that my heart, my heart sadness of this deal in Doral that I had under contract, I couldn't raise the money. I only asked like three or four people. Had I asked 20 people, someone would have given me the money. But when I asked three or four and they said, no, you're crazy. It's not going to be worth what you think it's going to be worth. I let that negative, you know, those negative statements eat away at my brain. And I started losing confidence in the deal. And then I lost confidence in my ability to pitch the deal. So the more I heard no, the 
weaker my pitch got till then I finally said, I'm just going to drop the deal because obviously these other people don't, you know, they're smarter, richer than me, which was completely wrong. I was right. And, you know, Jen's heard me grouse about this many times. So now I just don't, if someone says no, I just move. I keep being strong in my instinct and I keep pushing, pushing, pushing until I can get the deal. But persistence, there's a whole, there's a whole chapter on persistence and there's a whole chapter on decision because they, he also talks about how you don't make a decision because you don't make a decision promptly. He says, analysis of several hundred people who have accumulated fortunes well beyond the million dollar mark disclosed the fact that every one of them had the habit of reaching decisions promptly and of changing these decisions slowly if and when they were changed. People who fail to accumulate money without exception have the habit of reaching decisions if at all very slowly. So the lack of decision, he said, was near the head of the list of the 31 major causes of failure. Lack of decision. Like right now, mean, make, not making the decision to go forward with the massage studios. I'm not making a decision. So how could I, you know, be successful if I don't make the decision? Hi, Richard Salter. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Sorry, I was muted there. That's okay. Did you read the book? I, I haven't. I've been, uh, I'll tell you what's going on. I'm starting to listen again real quick, but I, I'm selling all my businesses in the nursing home. And so I, I got a big 1031 teed up. So I thought I'd link back with you on uh, any more about real estate. So, but I'm just going to listen in. Um, Absolutely. I, I got to get caught up. Yeah. But um, no, no problem. You can just listen. I won't bother you, but I'm, ha yeah. I'm happy you're here. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to talk to you one-on-one -on -one, uh, later because I, I got a whole lot of stuff that I got to get done in a real short period of time, as you can imagine, so. Absolutely. I'll give you a call. Uh, you want me to call you tomorrow? Um, yeah, tomorrow's good or, or uh, later, uh, later this today is fine, too. Um, what's... I'm crazy today, but I'll okay. call you tomorrow. All right, tomorrow's great. I'm, I'm open all day. Just, open all day. I'll, I'll, uh, you have my cell phone, right? I do. I should... Yeah, great. Okay, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Hi, Jeannie. So here's a few more quotes. Your financial requirements or wants have nothing to whatsoever to do with your worth. Your value is established entirely by your ability to render useful service or your capacity to induce others to render such service. So I thought that was very interesting. I, cause I, when I read that, I was like, oh, you know, so many people believe that their worth has to do with what they make. And that's really not the way it is. Your worth is, your worth could be quadruple what you make depending on the services you provide to others, right? So I love that. 
I am uh, one, a few more quotes here. Yeah, I was telling Josie earlier because Josie was just started listening. I said, did you get to the, the chapter on sex? And she goes, no, <laughs> there is a whole chapter on sex. And um, it's not about really sex, but it is about sex. It's called The Mystery of Sex Transmutation. And what I believe is in the newer versions of the book, obviously mine is not. <laughs> this is my dad's copy. You can see it's all, if, for those of you that can see me on video, um, they took it out of future copies. So, um, all right. Here is another one of my quotes that I liked. I'm rereading the ones I already wrote down. Sorry, guys. So this is interesting. He talks about the quote, knowledge is power. And he said, it's nothing of the sort. Knowledge is only potential power. It becomes power only when and if it's organized into the definite written down plans of action and then directed to a definite end by a date. So knowledge is not power unless it's acted upon. So I thought I like that, I agree with that. He says the most practical, this is, goes back to the controlling the mind what we talked about earlier. The most practical of all methods for controlling the mind is the habit of keeping it busy with a definite purpose backed by the definite plan. Do we see a theme here? And a man whose mind is filled with fear not only destroys his own challenge, chances of intelligent action, but he transmits these de destructive vibrations. This goes back to the secret, destructive vibrations to the minds of all who come in contact with him and destroys also their chances. So this goes to, you You know, you are who you, you surround yourself and who are the five people that you surround yourself with. And if those five people are negative Nellies, you, they, you, they can't be in your life because they're gonna give you negative vibrations and that absolutely impacts you and your thoughts, which goes back to what I said about my deal in Doral where everyone, the five people, four people I went to were like, that you're never getting those rents and that's, you're paying too much and yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they were wrong and I was right. But their comments seeped into my mindset. I then lost confidence. I did not do a good job in presenting the property and therefore couldn't raise the money and had to drop the deal. And someone else took it, did what I said and, you know, had a home run. So be very, very careful. And that's really hard because we have people in our lives that have been, that are family members, that are good friends, that say things to us that we have to kind of have armor up, right? And shield against that. And even though they say negative things, don't let that seep in. Liz, I'm sure you talk about this with your coaching, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's why it's so important to have habits of the mind to protect your mindset. Like, and cause I, cause I talk about, you know, you need vision and goals, but you make change through habit changes and habits of the mind are just 
so powerful. Like I realized that anytime I read the news, I was getting in a more negative state. So I, I've done a big news detox because basically all news is negative and just surrounding myself with, um, audiobooks when I go on walks that are all about positive mindset and learning, educating yourself on more things. And then I talked about you know, the habits that I do in the morning and the evening, because it's so easy. This world is so negative, not to be like a pessimistic person about this, but surrounding yourself with positive people and with information that feeds this positive mindset that you have and just to protect it, you know, train, you know, I just love how Napoleon Hill talks about that training your mind and the controlling your mind is the most important thing that anyone can do. Cause that's where everything starts is how you perceive the world and how you frame things. So taking care of yourself in that way, I think is really important. Like if you can filter out those people in your life, that's great, but it's not always possible. So thinking about other things that you can do to protect and have that positive mindset. And so you never give up. Absolutely. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, we are all, this is, and, and how this is funny, how this is tying together, you know, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, Liz, because you're talking and I'm like, yes, the health of the mind. We're all so focused on our physical fitness. Everyone's focused on physical fitness. There's a million gyms. There's a million diets. There's all this about physical fitness, but the health of the mind, which then now let's go back to what my goal is with the meditation studios, right? I believe that the health of the mind is crucial. <laughs> so I, you know, I, now, now this is the sign, right? So this morning, um, I don't know if, if you guys do not follow Sarah Blakely on Instagram, you must follow her and her husband, Jesse Itzler, who uh, Josie and I uh, saw Jesse at a conference a few years ago, and we've been avid followers. Sarah Blakely is the, um, is the owner and founder of Spanx. And she just sold a majority of her company to Blackstone for the first time ever. She's always, she's never brought in outside money. So it's the, the company's valued, I think at $1.2 billion. Her husband is so proud. He keeps posting things on Instagram. And um, today she said, um, she's, so Becky on CNBC said, Sarah, we've had you on the show a bunch You've always said, you know, pe people are always after you to buy your company, to take you public. And you said, I'll know when I know. And she said, I had, I got a sign. And Becky says, what was the sign? And she goes, I'll put it in my book. She wouldn't say what the sign was, but I think, I, I don't know if men, I know a lot of women believe in signs. I don't know how many men believe in signs. But I believe in signs. And I think this whole discussion today about health and fitness is telling me and Josie we need to do the meditations <laughs> in the book club. Go for the, it. Go the for book it. Club, the book club is going to be the sign to start the meditation studio. So, um, so uh, okay, so here's another quote. In parting... I would remind you, oh, this is at the end of the book. In parting, I would remind you that life is a checkerboard and the player opposite you is time. 
at 61, I feel that, that there's time there. If you hesitate before moving or neglect to move promptly, your men will be wiped off the board by time. You are playing against a partner who will not tolerate a lack of decision. So time, so for me, we, we had this idea of the meditation studios two years ago. We haven't done it yet. T time doesn't wait for us, right? Time will knock our pieces off the board because they, they, they are, they, they are um, what is the word I'm looking for? They, uh, you know, they don't have any emotion, right? Time has no emotion to us. Well, wait for me. I'm not ready yet for whatever the fear. So don't hesitate, take action. You know, maybe you're not ready, but you'll, you'll get ready or you won't. So, yeah. So watch, watch for my social media posts that I'm opening my first meditation studio soon. Um, let's see. A great many years ago, he says, I purchased a fine dictionary. The first thing I did with it was to turn to the word impossible and clipped it out of the book. That would not be an unwise thing for you to do, right? Every so my kids, I my kids always say it's not impossible, it's I'm possible. You just need to put a space between the I am and the possible, which I love. So here's here's a paragraph that I I had highlighted. Self-confidence formula first. I know that I have the ability to achieve the object of my definite purpose in life. Therefore, I demand of myself persistent, continuous action toward its attainment. And I here and now promise to render such action. Second, I realize that dominating thoughts of my mind will eventually reproduce themselves in outward physical action and gradually transform themselves into physical reality. Right, you, how many times have you guys heard where people think they're sick and then they become sick, right? The, the physical comes from the mental. Therefore, I will concentrate my thoughts for 30 minutes daily, meditation studios, upon the task of thinking of the person I intend to become, thereby, thereby creating in my mind a clear mental picture of that person. Third, I know through the principle of auto-suggestion that any desire that I persistently hold in my mind will eventually seek expression through some practical means of attaining the object back of it. Therefore, I will devote 10 minutes daily to demanding of myself the development of self-confidence. Fourth, I have clearly written down a description of my definite chief aim in life, and I will never stop trying until I have developed sufficient self-confidence for its attainment. Fifth, I fully realize that no wealth or possession position can long endure unless built upon truth and justice. Therefore, I will engage in no transaction which does not benefit all with whom it affects. I will succeed by attracting to myself the forces I wish to use and the cooperation of people. I will induce others to serve me because of my willingness to serve others. I will eliminate hatred, envy, jealousy, selfishness, and cynicism by de developing love for all humanity because I know that a negative attitude towards others can never bring me success. I will cause others to believe in me because I will believe in them and therefore in myself. I will sign my name to this formula, commit it to memory, and repeat it aloud once a day 
with full faith that it will gradually influence my thoughts and actions so that I will become a self-reliant and successful person. So that's his self-confidence formula. So everyone that didn't read the book, I think is gonna go read the book or listen to the book, even though it is because it's so old, you know, when he starts talking about housewives, I do cringe a little bit, but I just, you know, keep going because I know that was the way it was back then. So I, I was thinking as I was reading this, how many women are going to be listening to this book or reading it going, why did she pick this book? This guy's like such an old fogey, but that, that was, that was the way it, there was, this is such, I would say that if you looked at the top five books in our history of the world, uh, for self-improvement, this is in the top five, even though you have to ignore the sex chapter. <laughs> that would never happen today. Um, so what, Nancy, are you available to jump in before we start to close out? Um, I thought what you just read was great. I'd love a copy if you can send it to us. Sure, of that, that one of that, paragraph. Yeah, that I got one it. paragraph. And I think your meditation studio is phenomenal and um, a phenomenal idea. Um, I don't have much else to say, but um, I do know one thing I'd like to share that the SBA has that idle loan and you have to have in your application before December 31st. I don't know if you don't have it um, worked on before December 31st, if you can get the money, but um, I just wanted to reiterate that to people who may need it and your customers. So you add value to your customers. It's the EIDL? Loan, right. And it's up to $2 million per EIN, I think. It's per company and up to 10 million per social security number. So if you have somebody that wants to grow, but it's all based on information as of when the pandemic started, which is December, 2019. And January 2020, if you weren't in business before January 2020, or you bought a business after that date, you don't, there's reasons why you don't qualify, but um, that's one of the things. Thank you for sharing. And, I just, I just sent the paragraph to Josie. Can you just put your, for some reason in my phone, I don't have your email. So put your phone, put your, in the chat, your email, and Josie will send you the paragraph. Okay. Um, So other people that got the loan and want more money, they may look on their portal and see if they were able to get more than they originally thought. There's some people that take the loans and actually don't, um, you know, don't want, don't end up using the money. So yeah, not everyone wants it. It's 3.75% for commercial and 2.75 for nonprofits. Well, thanks for that intel. You're welcome. Um, who, who is Pullman that's on the call? Are you, I see that you have your hand raised. Does the person that's last name Pullman want to speak up? We'd love to hear from you. No? Okay. Well, if you change your mind, we've got a few more minutes. Um, so 
I like the book. Let's let me before we close. We close supposed to close at twelve twenty. The next book, I believe, is the one thing. But let me check. Unless Josie knows book club. I think it's Drive. Oh, it's Drive. You're right. So the funny, I think I said this in the last book club. So I am, I try to always read ahead and I was downloading the one thing, which is the book after drive and I'm on my walk and I turn on the one thing and um, I, it's, they start speaking in Dutch. I don't know how I downloaded an audio book in Dutch and I can't figure, I have, you know, this is where I, I am in, you know, I am not as uh, technologically sophisticated as Josie. So she has to help me because I don't know how I, I can get it out of Dutch, get a credit and get it into English. But Josie's going to have to help me because I have the other, the book after drive in Dutch, which is not going to help me much. So yes, the next book is Daniel Pink's Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. I bet it has to do with mindset. What do you guys think? <laughs> All right. So, um, so that's that. And one other pitch, if any of you guys are interested in the boot camp, I'm having, I have one spot left on November 2nd. So I think the um, information is on the website, right, Josie? So if you know anyone that wants to know about leasing retail space, we literally go, I take you canvassing out into the market. And it is November 2nd all day from like eight to five, more or less. So um, one space left there. And then November 4th at uh, Signature Grand, we have the South Florida Independent Retailers Awards where we it's like an Oscars for mom and pop businesses. I think we have 20, maybe 30 nominees. How many? 36. 36, so best coffee, best dessert, best sit-down restaurant, best food truck. And these are all mom and pop businesses that have two or more locations and are expanding. So if you own shopping centers and you are interested in leasing to mom and pops, there's gonna be 36 of them that want to expand in South Florida. And we do live voting, it's a lot of fun. We have a Shark Tank event where we have three landlords pitching uh, our winner from last year from Best Desserts, which is Jonuts. So it's a lot of fun. It's November 4th at Signature Grand from, I think, 8 till 2. And that you can find at uh, Sapphira.com, right? Is that where they find that? No. T-S-F. www.tsfira.com. Yeah. So we'd love to see you there too. So thanks for participating and we'll see you next month for drive. And my announcement about the meditation studios. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.